This is Halftime with the Playmakers, your midweek partner with the live show The Playmakers aired on WANM 90.5 on Saturday from 1230 to 2 p.m. Today, they let the freshman on the mic, man. That's right, it's your host, Jay Scott, a.k.a. the freshman on campus, repping the 813. But today, y'all can call me coach. Now, just like Pat Mahomes last night, I have some help. Go ahead and introduce yourself, fellas. Slim Trim, Michael Trim Jr. in the cut from the city beautiful Orlando, Florida. How's everybody doing today? Good, feeling good. Feeling good. good. What's going on, y'all? It's the man from the Music City, Nashville, Cashville, Tennessee. It's Austin Kaysen. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your favorite country boy. It's your boy, Hafi, a.k.a. Country. From rapping a good Tutu Fat Bad Rouge Louisiana. Alright, now we got a few good topics here today. I think we're gonna start off with the elephant in the room. Last night's Super Bowl. So some what are some immediate thoughts? Go ahead, Mike. Immediate thoughts is Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback I've okay. ever seen. We we won't get to more on that topic, but I want to hear about the overall game. Oh, the overall game? Overall game. I think it was a great defensive game. Spags had a great uh, defensive game plan. Wilkes had a great defensive game plan. The run game on the Chiefs side, more so than the 49ers side, because McCaffrey's going to be McCaffrey. He did have an uncharacteristic fumble, but on the Chiefs side of things, the running game, Pacheco didn't, you know, have that Pacheco-like he game. He picked up during the second half, though. Right, right. But, yeah, when, he, when you needed him most, he did pick it up. Yeah. But that was, the, that was the Chiefs' identity throughout the season and throughout this playoffs, the run game and the defense. But what happened in the playoffs? I bought the Super Bowl, should I say? Mahomes Magic. I think with the ball in his hands, you know, he just did Mahomes things. Awesome. Yeah, I I thought that, you know, there were so many chances for the 49ers to put that game away. Absolutely. It kind of just, it kind of blew my mind. And everything in me as a neutral watching that game, like, everything pointed back to the script. <laughs> it just felt too, like. You could tell. There it felt parts too. Of the game. We were just like, like when, man, Kelsey caught, when Kelsey caught the ball on the drag route and almost scored, I was like, like, okay, come on. Like, what are what are we doing here um he was wide open too it just it felt like everything just went the Chiefs way when like the 49ers were like one moment one play away from really putting the game out of reach but I will say Patrick Mahomes is on another level from everyone else in the NFL right now I think and we'll get to obviously talking about you know him compared to the all-timers but like he's starting to get to a point where we can talk about him in there with the Brady's the Montana's all of them First and foremost, I would like to give a big congrats to the Kansas City Chiefs fans. You feel me? Like y'all, y'all been, y'all Thank have you. honestly, y'all honestly been witness to, y'all have honestly been blessed with greatness, and Absolutely. it's not, it's not something that you can even take lightly. Like what you saw yesterday was just, if if somebody was to tell you that you was gonna be up by ten and the Chiefs was gonna be looking so pedestrian and you're the 49ers, I would've been like, yeah, we gonna, they gonna win. Mm-hmm. But for some strange reason, the 49ers literally kept letting the Chiefs stay in the game. Yeah. And it was it was miscues after miscues. So like a key play that nobody talks about was third and four inside the 10 yard line. They forgot to block Chris Jones. Yes. I, I know exactly. What and if they had blocked Chris Jones, you had Juwan Jennings, Jennings wide on, open in the end zone. On the pivot. And honestly, he had him beat he, from the get-go. From the get-go. Purdy just thrown it. But, right per, but Purdy, you got to understand, comes to Purdy's height. That's yeah. where it, that's coming to fact because he didn't see it because it was coming. He ran right into the blitz. If he had hit him right if off he his had break. Hit him right off his break. Yeah. But I think the play was designed for Debo. That's what I think the play was designed for. And to that point, I feel like Debo had a game that I, I kind of saw coming. We Jeff talked about it, I think, last episode. He was just like, we can't have another Debo lackadaisical game where he's limping off the field. Or, he came up clutch towards the end, 
uh, just a little bit, but we needed to see that throughout the game. I think he wasn't much of a presence, as well as Kelsey wasn't much of a presence in the first half. Now, second he half. He came up clutch, and what? He caught one pass for nine yards. Who? He had three catches for 33. Debo was. Debo, no, I'm saying he kind of woke up relatively. A no show in that no, game. I agree. That's Jawan Jennings was by far the best player on the Absolutely. 49ers. Absolutely. Day. Absolutely. Had um, they won, Christian McCaffrey. No, 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 they, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not taking that away. But Christian McCaffrey literally was struggling. They needed most, most of the most of the game. Okay, here's but, my thing about Christian McCaffrey. Go ahead. Christian McCaffrey had to touch the ball 30 times. Like 22 carries, eight receptions. He had to touch the ball 30 times. Mm-hmm. On top of his receiving. On top of his, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's no, what I'm saying. No, no, no that's what, all that's combined, what All combined. So, yeah. he, had, he had 160 all-purpose yards, 30, uh, 30 touches. 30 mm-hmm. touches. And I believe one one touchdown. And they needed all of that. They needed that man to touch the ball 30 times, and they still came up short. And he was, like, at some point, if I touch the ball that many times, I get hit that many times, not to mention the fact that he's blocking sometimes. Like, it's not much more you can get out of a guy. And then he had a he he had a bad game on the ground. He he, did. he really he what he rushed for like three point three point three point five three point five yards per carry. And you look you looked at that, you was like, you this is when you needed those players that so called that they said Brock Purdy had all year. Mm-hmm. And we all said it. We all said it. Last week, last week, we said Mike Shanahan is not going to be the coach to get away from his game plan. Kyle. Kyle oh, I said Kyle. Mike. I mean, Kyle Shanahan is going is gonna to be the one coach that the Chiefs are going to play that is not going to get out of their game plan. What did they do? Get out of, get the out of the game plan. Get exactly. out of that box. And that's why I'm starting to believe maybe this might have been scripted because there's no, no way that no, every team I just, has I just done believe, that against Patrick Mahomes. I just believe Chiefs. teams are just so fearful of when they I see number 15 it. across the field. What do you mean you, you don't get it? They changed their whole game plan from the first half into the second half. Like, and that happens with almost every other team the Chiefs has played this season. Because, because we've never seen Brock Purdy just drop back 40 times to throw the ball. Yeah. Like, when is that? When is that? When has that been? He's heard not of? that guy. He's not that guy. <laughs> He's not yeah. that guy. I've... Like, like he, like Brock Purdy's not a bad quarterback by any stretch. Not at all. I disagree. But you're putting you're putting the the pressure on <laughs> low key a game manager to step up and low be key. A, that that is <laughs> low key. A game game manager is literally like is a quarterback job. Like, no, if we, if we no. Be, Patrick no. Mahomes is not a game manager, I, I, no, I, and that's where the difference came in. Patrick Mahomes. No, 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 no. You have you had you have game you got you you got game managers and you got elite quarterbacks. Patrick Mahomes is superior elite. You feel me? To the point where his best receiver is Marquez Val MBS. Marquez Gambling, I disagree. Yeah. De- who, who's his best receiver? I would say Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice, absolutely. Okay, okay, I, I'll give you that. But how many quarterbacks are winning a uh, Super Bowl with Rasheed Rice? Zero. There? Exactly. <laughs> My point exactly. But like, why you just try to argue me about that? Nah, I wasn't trying to argue. Was they just, literally you know. the same. Okay, so but what I was but what I was saying was, it's it's like your best your best receiver is a tight end. He he had a good game, but your bet your other receiver he honestly did not have that much of a game, and they was and they was having miscues after miscues the whole entire game. Like the game can actually been over three plays before that actual touchdown because if Rasheed Rice had actually ran that scene, he was wide open in the middle of that for the touchdown, and that's what Mahomes was mad about. They could have ended the game before he even got to OT. And and I said that last week that the Niners had to play a perfect game across all fields, but and what they, they didn't did. do, but they didn't do special teams, which I, if yeah, y'all have been oh, listening yeah. about yeah. some like small stuff I've been saying about football throughout the year, even in college NFL, I put an emphasis on special teams for whatever reason. It's just an overlooked part of the game. A mm-hmm. blocked PAT was the difference between was overtime. 
It regular. It was blocked. Mm. It was blocked. Yeah. yeah. And also Be that because, muff punt. Because and the muff, all, and the muff, well, it went off of his shoe. That's just unfortunate. Yeah. But it's still, it's still, it's still part of the game. It's still he, the game. I yeah. mean, Ray Ray Armstrong was telling you to get back, get back, get back, and you still blocking. But that, that, I remember we was talking about that when we was watching the game at home. We was like, that's gonna come back and bite them. Yeah. Like it, it's no way you tell it be like. And then Juwan Jennings actually had a great game. He did. That, I mean, not a great game. He had a good game for him to be the third option. Like where was Brandon Ayuk? Where was George Kittle? Where where was I will uh, say, Debo? At? A lot of those passes that I saw, like that Purdy threw, they were just awful passes. Like really didn't give his guys a lot of like a good chance of catching the ball. They were like you know behind a little bit low. I mean I don't not that they were open really, but I mean the Chiefs played a, a really great defensive game plan. Yeah, I mean they've played great defensively, defensively all defensive year. Backs. Yeah, great course. defensively uh, all year. George Carloftis, Trent McDuffie, two mm-hmm. of the guys. I think they drafted them the same year. I believe. Yep. Yeah, they drafted them the same year. They were probably. I mean, obviously, outside of Chris Jones, the two best defensive players on the field. I, I agree. So, I think having that young defense, having Mahomes, like, Kelsey in the first half was non-existent. Dash, one, one, one catch, catch one target, yeah, one reception. For two yards. <laughs> Chiefs came out. I think they they went back to old Chiefs football. They started airing it out even, a even, even Patrick Mahomes looked at pedestrian in the first half. I don't know what the game plan was defensively for the, uh, against the Chiefs, but it was working in the first half. Well, whenever they but, brought a linebacker, they sat back and let the DBs play but then, man-to-man but coverage. Then, but then when Dre Greenlaw went towards Achilles, it was... That changes your that whole cha- That changes the whole time. Even though it was it happened early in the second, but it's still... You, you can feel the trigger you, long you because the tr- eventually those drives got longer mm-hmm. and longer and you lose out on personnel. You have to change your whole packages. Yeah. And they started bringing more pressure towards the end of the game, which I didn't really understand. The because pre- the pressure was working in the beginning of the, in the beginning of the game. It was, but what it's not worth what you're giving because they yeah. let the middle of the field open. And what would they have? The the Kelsey um drag, drag route, and they had um they hit scan, uh scan over the middle. So I mean, it, I don't think it was worth the, the risk. But since we're talking on QBs, I'm gonna let Trim kind of take the uh, take the reins on this. How does Mahomes match up overall? Um, in terms of goat status, is, is he nearing that? Is he there? Um, I, I won't say he's there yet. He's he's literally knocking on the door though. I like if he's not inside the door, he's knocking on the door. As far as talent goes, he's no question the best quarterback the world has ever seen. But accolades, it's gonna take a minute to catch Brady, obviously, and the, obviously all the stats, the rings, the yards, touchdowns, all that good stuff. But I don't think he needs all the stats because if you see in the time frame that he's been playing, the AFC Championship game is the, I mean, is the floor. He hasn't missed that game. And the only games he's lost, he lost to Brady in the AFC game. Mm-hmm. I think he didn't touch the ball in overtime, I believe. That's, yep. Yeah, that's why he lost that game. And then the um, he lost to Joe Burrow. I mean, they just played a better football game that year. But when it comes to Super Bowls, I think he would be undefeated in Super Bowls if he had a healthy offensive line in 2020. But that's neither here nor there. His resume at 28 years old, three-time Super Bowl champion, three-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time MVP, six six Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, pass touchdown leader. I think he has the record for most passing yards in the season, 5,600. Something like that. You're smiling too hard while saying that. Like, it makes you happy, he, doesn't he's, it? He's foaming at the moment. Right yeah, I am because the whole season, people looked at me crazy said, yeah, CJ Stroud's better, Lamar Jackson. I think just two weeks that's ago. Not, that's not Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, y'all said we would rather have CJ Stroud and Lamar Jackson over Patrick Mahomes. I didn't say that. He didn't. Austin didn't say that. Austin knows ball. Jalen, I expected more from you. Hold on. No, no, So I expected that We're going to get to that because I think the root of that argument was on a week-to-week basis, who that was week, playing, who was who playing? playing that's still ridiculous. Exactly. That's still ridiculous. That's still ridiculous. Bro. What do they? What have they done? Like, what have they done to show you that? What play good football for one season? Like, Patrick, we, we Patrick. said week-to-week basis. We're not talking about overall. Now, if we're looking at overall, yes, still. Pat Mahomes' resume is very impressive. Still. 
if you gave if you get, if Patrick Mahomes had the weapons in Baltimore, do you think it would have even been a, a close CJ playoff? CJ Stroud run? was playing better than Pat Mahomes. What weapons does CJ Stroud have? What you mean? He has Noah Brown. Um, Noah Brown, really? Noah Brown, Tank Dell, um, Robert. Tank Dell was Tank injured Dale. by the time we were having that. Robert Woods would be the number one wide receiver on the Chiefs. Would he not? Possibly. He would. But like that's still that's Dal- still Dalton no, Schultz. But, exactly. Like these are terrible. Like that was a terrible take. That was an immature take too. Like I uh, said. Dal- like, uh, Travis Kelsey's better. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was gonna say so. I mean, what 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 comparisons are we throwing in? He, but why? Like, has the weapons too? No, no, he doesn't. No, no, he doesn't. And what we what we were saying, what we were saying, it wasn't that we were saying Patrick Mahomes was playing bad. We were just saying at the time of the playoffs was starting. Patrick Mahomes was playing bad. Like we, he wasn't playing bad all season. He was just playing bad. But but we did agree he was playing bad because his weapons. And if you notice, once they did a healthy scratch on Kadarius Tony, yeah. that's when the, that's when the receiving core got better. And we we never said Patrick Mahomes was garbage. We said at that moment the quarterbacks that was playing at the top of their game was Dak Prescott, Brock Purdy. And uh, CJ Stroud. I think that's false because I made the argument that the that the Chiefs wide receivers led the league in drops, and y'all said so. Even though they still lead league in drops, Patrick Mahomes didn't look oh, like Patrick I Mahomes. About, I forgot about Lamar. My bad. And Patrick, but Mahomes. but we, but what we were saying, what we were saying was, it, it's just funny how everybody can make that excuse for Patrick Mahomes, but they don't give any other quarterback that excuse. Because we've seen Patrick Mahomes in the biggest games play the best football we've ever seen. That's why we can give him that excuse. He can have two, three bad games in a row and still be like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes. As long as you have him on the field, you're gonna be just fine. And what happened? On Sunday, yesterday, you had him on the field and you'd be just fine. Nah, but if you if you looked at it like the, like history was replaying itself because I remember when I said that about uh about J- uh, Jalen Hurst, everybody was looking at me crazy. I'm like, so y'all gonna give Jalen Hurst a pass because oh yeah. he made it to the Super Bowl and guess what happened? Jalen Hurst started ten and one and I said he had a couple of bad games and the rest of the season was relatively a wash. They won one game out of their last eight not seven or eight games. They only won one. And a first round exit by like we're not even gonna talk about my Cowboys. Them, them, <laughs> anyways, but like Lamar, Lamar folded. You feel me? He folded like a piece of paper. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't even believe it. You feel me? Like we thought, we thought that Lamar was gonna actually take the reign, win the Super Bowl, win the MVP, and go about his business. He like Mahomes was only able to score seventeen. Lamar, you was only able to get ten. Yeah. Come on, bro. Yeah, like that was that was what was the that was what was the disrespecting factor of like what we don't give credit to this year. A lot of people keep ignoring it. The Chiefs' defense really played well this season. Oh, they were. That's that is, that that is a reason. Was, that a is a reason why they even they was even in a position that they was absolutely. Agreed. So we can say Mahomes this, Mahomes that, but we're not gonna ignore how well the Chiefs' defense played all season. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought I think it was kind of disrespectful to their defense how. After they came out of that Baltimore game, no one no was one seemingly talking about yeah, nobody how, gave them credit. How they just held a defense or held an offense who was who just blown out. They had just blown out um, the Dolphins, the Dolphins, the 49ers, 49ers all, Texans, all a whole bunch the of the teams, teams, top teams. Cool, yeah, the Texans. Te- they too. held them to ten points, and they really struggled for them ten points too. And you can't name me besides Nick Bolton and Chris Jones. You can't name me another All Pro that they have on their team right now. They were just lights out. They lost. They lost their best cornerback in Traverius Ward. No, I think he had a good season, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He probably one of the best. And, and, Trent, and Trent McDuffie had an amazing season. But my whole thing was nobody gave credit to the Chiefs' defense, but even keeping them in the games that they, even the games that they lost, like the Chiefs did not get blown so out yeah. at all this year. They lost all their games was close. They could have easily went seventeen and zero. 
You feel me? If it wasn't for a couple of Kadarius Tony drops, if it wasn't for uh, MVS, MVS drops. drop, they would have literally been the number one seed in the AFC. I never had an issue with the Chiefs. I just wasn't sure that their offense was carrying along as they as their defense was all season. But if we talk about if we talk about the Chiefs, we want to give credit to Pat Mahomes. You gotta give credit to that defense because that defense did stop Brock Purdy in the in the 49ers off. Mm -hmm. They held Christian McCaffrey to no touchdowns. Not rushing. I'm talking about. I mean, not receiving, but rushing, rushing touchdowns, touchdowns, which yeah. he had. With, I believe he was either he led the league or he was second in the league with rushing touchdowns, and he only averaged 3.5 carries again in, in that entire game, which he has not done all season. The lowest he had all season was 4.2. Right. So it's like we're gonna ignore the fact that the Chiefs defense actually played an amazing game. The 49ers had 30 rushing attempts for 110 yards. That is not even four yards a carry. That is three point seven yards a carry. So they wasn't getting good runs. The longest run Christian McCaffrey had was eleven yards, and that was like on a third and twenty. So we can say Mahomes won that game, but the MVP really was that defense. Yeah, and getting back to the original question yeah. about Mahomes being, you know, in the goat conversation, maybe you know, being Mike's goat. You know, I do think I can't at this point. You know, being twenty eight years old, having three Super Bowls and six seasons starting, I can't be mad at someone if you want to put him in the conversation. And I really can't even argue too too much with someone who wants to say, "Oh yeah, he's just the best quarterback that we've seen play." Like just in terms of ability, I'm not gonna be mad at that. However, I will say what separates Brady and uh, him for me at this point is just the simple fact that I feel like Brady did it in the NFL that had so many other guys who like were capable of winning that many Super Bowls. Brady was taking Super Bowls out of the hands of Eli Manning, Peyton Manning. No, 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 no. I'm about to say. No, I mean, no, no, no. Just Eli look, no, Manning no. took Super Bowls. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, I'm just saying like, that's who was in the league. The caliber. At the time. No, no, no. I get the I'm caliber. About the I get caliber, the caliber quarterback. No, I know. I know. Yeah, just I know. Just don't name Eli May because he's. I'm, I, okay, cool. cool. That's, that's all I'm saying. That's but that's what I'm saying. saying. That's. What, I'm just saying that's who was in the league mm -hmm. at the time. Those, oh no, the, the they, they were some, some quarterbacks. Rogers, Brees, yeah. Rogers, yeah. Uh, Favre, you could even Favre, Roethlisberger. Favre. Like these guys are. Philip Rivers. Rivers was Drew Brees. He was on. I said Drew Brees. I agree. Like McNair. Like these guys were really on. Like at the time. And right now, when I'm looking at the NFL, and I will say a lot of the top guys are still young with Mahomes, but I, to me, the only guy that I see that can really go out there and put up like a, a lot of like go back to back and get to the Super Bowl like that is Joe Burrow. I feel like he's no. the only other true. No. Joe Burrow can't stay healthy. Yeah, it's, that's it's not. It's not, not even. It's not even. I think Joe. To me, to me, I think Joe Burrow is the only other true winner like Mahomes is in the NFL right now at the quarterback position. I feel oh. like Joe Burrow is the only. Who else? Over I, Jackson? Think, I think he has that. Lamar Whoa. Jackson's not a winner like that. Uh, yeah, to me. he's not a winner. He's not a proven I'm, yeah, winner. He's good. He's very, he's, very good he's and talented. Man, he's talented, but, but he's not a proof. Like Joe Burrow's the type of guy where I'm like, oh, we have Joe Burrow. We're gonna go win the game. I would disagree with that I statement, disagree. but you disagree. I think, with, I think, I think Joe Burrow has done it. I think mentality wise, Joe Burrow doesn't see like. I think when Joe Burrow steps on the field, he doesn't care about who's on the other exactly. Side. I, I that's I what I that. think. But that, I think as far as Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen has folded every every game he's been in. Josh Allen has lost. That's what I'm saying. I'm not gonna lie. I think we need to stop talking about Josh Allen as a top five quarterback. I disagree I with that statement, but don't disagree know. with he, that yeah. statement, bro. My thing is these guys just aren't big game like big game winners. Like Joe Burrow, I feel like Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes are the only two guys right now that I put in that conversation it's, where I'm like, okay, that man is going to go out there and win me the game just because he's just that guy. It's levels. I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I think we should stop talking about Patrick Mahomes with all these other guys. I think we should have another conversation of who's the second best quarterback in the NFL. 
He's not lying. Because it's I like, mean, we no, nobody, no, nobody ever said Pat Mahomes wasn't the best quarterback. Yeah, right, yeah, right. No, yeah. I'm just saying. I say I say the only person that's even capable of being in the same room as Patrick Mahomes right now is Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers. I, it's yeah. not a bad take. It's not horrendous. But I Aaron Aaron Rodgers might be another guy who I, a healthy Aaron Rodgers might be another guy who I have in that he's gonna go win me a game just because he's that good at football. Uh, I've seen I've seen it over and over again watching Aaron Rodgers beat up on the Cowboys. So I, that I, may I, be a, a conversation we have to have for another day. Now, moving on to another sport that's had some crazy news coming out of uh, this season. NBA trade deadline Ooh. came up. So, who are some winners and losers and are some favorite pickups from this year's trade deadline? Um, I mean, I'll start off. I got three winners. I think, I, I think everybody's going to have the New York Knicks on their list. Yeah, of course. I think they got, I forgot who they got. Oh, they got uh, Boban, yeah. uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich and uh, Alec Burks, two 40% three-point shooters. Two great moves. You can't have too you can never have too many shooters on your roster i think the knicks are in prime position to you know make a eastern conference finals run this year and mm, on to the western conference yikes. side on to the western conference side i'm gonna go with the mavs and the oklahoma city thunder i'm gonna start with the Mavs first though i think getting daniel gafford as a backup center yes. or even a spot starting center if uh, Derek lively isn't playing as well or if he gets hurt i, I think that's a great lot pick and roll lob threat for uh, luka Doncic. pj washington is a major pickup yes. big pickup i think he, he he was hooping for charlotte yeah he's more he's more explosive he, I he, similar to Grant Williams, he's he played, no, no, no. They no, play no, similar, no. but PJ's more explosive, mm-hmm. and I like I like PJ's one-on-one scoring ability a little bit more than Grant Williams. The Oklahoma City Thunder part, like I was just saying, I'm a big Gordon Hayward guy. I kind of wanted the Magic to make a move for him. He's a vet that could play the two through the the one through the four realistically, shoot the ball really well, handle the ball. Not the worst defender, but I think playing on a team like the Thunder or like the Magic, like I said, I wanted. I think he'll fit right in, and you know. Have a fantastic fit. I got I got three teams in mind. I got the Sixers, the uh the Sixers, the Knicks, everybody, of course the Knicks, and the Thunder. Oh, my bad, I said three, I'm at four. I got the Sixers, the Knicks, the Thunder, and also the Mavs. Mm-hmm. The Mavs getting PJ Washington was a huge, huge pickup. Like PJ Washington has been balling this year, but we haven't seen it because Charlotte has been like a shell of themselves. I, they just need to I don't know. It's it's just bad in Charlotte right now. It's, it's no leadership at all. But them getting P.J. Washington just just elevate and, ex- and expand the floor that Grant Williams couldn't do. Grant Williams was a, was a good defender, but they needed that third option scoring. Mm-hmm. So now we go to OKC. You finally got that veteran leadership in that in, in the office now that we haven't had in over since Chris Paul. So now that you're already a top team in the in the, in the West, now you can add Gordon Hayward, who's actually still capable of balling. Now your team is going to be able to elevate and do some more. That's the the. Uh, even though, even though I feel as though their season still might be done, but the Sixers getting Buddy Hill is a good pickup for next year. Yeah, so I feel like going forward, it'll be if a good going pick. forward, it's a good pick. And who's the last thing I said? Knicks. The Knicks. Knicks. No. Yeah, just getting two, uh, just getting two forty percent shooters on mm-hmm. your team just it does help. It does help too. And I don't know what they're gonna do with Julius Randle, but I'm still on the verge of they need to move on from Julius Randle. I'm right there agreeing with you guys about the winners, but I actually have some big time losers as well. I think the Raptors. This wasn't exactly right at the deadline, but the Ananobi trade didn't really make a lot of sense to me. And then the Siaka move. I didn't really like it for them. He's playing really well for Indiana already. Um, and then my Memphis Grizzlies just like I don't. I they don't got no cap. They don't got no uh, conversation. Like it, it was, it was really bad. Moving Stephen Adams, Xavier Tillman, David Roddy. There's no Biombo uh, got waived too. Like just absolutely clearing shop. Like I can't even watch Grizzly basketball right now anymore because it just looks like when you've played 20 years in a 2K My League and <laughs> Gigi Jackson though. Like it, it's him and. 
him against the world. Well, you, I, w- I want to go back to one of your points about uh, the Raptors moving uh, Siakam and Anobi. Do, do you think that that's more of a move for like a rebuild? For yeah, them? no, for I sure. Think it, that's what it is. Didn't look, they didn't look like the same Raptors we, team we talk about, like. We talking about chemistry. A big, a big loser, my bad, Austin, is also the Atlanta Hawks. Mm, not by, moving by DeJounte. not moving DeJounte Murray. Yeah, cool. that's, I like you that. You clearly see him and Trey Young is not. I didn't think it was going to work out in the first place. I thought it was, though. You, you I know, didn't. You know you got that defender and that score, and then you got that defender that can't also score, too. You thought that's how it was going to be, but. I thought, I, what to me, what that situation looks like is really it was just Pop getting DeJounte Murray to play the defense that he was playing. I don't. It, it didn't. Work, it did not work in the Atlanta I, system. I think. I think if Atlanta had traded him back to San Antonio, it would have really helped. Oh, he would have. He would have went right back to how he was. But mm-hmm. like we were saying about the Raptors, I do think that they're gonna go in rebuild mode, and it really just shows that they're going to rebuild around Scotty Barnes. Um, you know, yeah. he's their centerpiece. He's who they're going to build around in the future. Him and I guess R.J. Barrett, I something can't. like that. Who? Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel yeah. quickly. Yep, you're right. So I, I say obviously winner gonna be the Knicks because they had they added the shoes that they needed and now with I think they kind of elevated themselves with other teams trending backwards the Milwaukee Bucks have that coaching change they're still trying to find their footing and their identity with with Doc Rivers I think the injury obviously with Embiid sets the Sixers back so they have a way more clear-cut path I think um, in the east of any team in the east um, outside of obviously like the Celtics Losers wise, I I don't see anything major coming out of the West for for LeBron or Curry. No, no help coming towards their squads. Yeah, that's that's what I got. <laughs> for my I got a loser. I didn't uh, I forgot to mention him, but the Bulls are a big loser for me. Mm-hmm. Not mo- not moving off the Rosen. He's a free agent this mm-hmm. offseason. Or Levine. Okay. Or, yeah. Levine. or Levine. Or Levine. He's I forgot two, about Levine. Yeah. Two people that was vocally open and saying that they was leaving the team after this season. Yeah, and then Alex Caruso, he's playing the best basketball in his career. He could have got easily two first at least two first round picks for Caruso. So I that's think, what they were gonna get back from? Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah that's what they two first? Yeah, two first. First from a contending team, yeah, two first. Or Jesus. But I just think, yeah, they should have been hit the reset button they haven't made a trade since they traded with the magic in 2021 and we all know they lost that trade so i'll just throw the bulls in there as a big loser for me so we were speaking on the Mavs being one of the winners of this trade deadline so how far do you think those new additions will help them um postseason nba finals well for the Mavs. for yeah. the Mavs. Yeah, I the, mean, right now they're still they're, Dallas Mavericks. Yes, they're still at the their eighth seed right now. I mean, right. they, they're what three, four games out from top three, and they're one, uh, one and a half out from the Pelicans in the fifth seed. So. Right, but if the season ended today, they'd play the Timberwolves in the first round. Do you trust who do you trust more, Luka Doncic or the Minnesota Timberwolves? That's a good point. Okay, so I mean, I the way the Timberwolves have been playing this year, I'm the Timberwolves. I, I don't know that I trust them in a seven game series against Luka Doncic. However. However, that puts them next round playing against either the Suns or the Nuggets. Yeah, and I'm trust Luca. You're trusting Luca? No, no, Oklahoma's three. They would have to play him in the in the um, conference finals. But so you so you're taking the Mavericks over the reigning champs or the Phoenix Suns? Um, I think it's it's a good conversation to have. They still don't have that big. Who? The Mavericks? Yes, they do. Derek they Lively's just, very just, serviceable. Uh, Traded for uh, Daniel Gafford. Yeah, I was gonna say Gafford and and Lively. That's against, a, that's a against, combo. Against the Joker, and they've been against, yeah, and again, and then just first round against Gobert and Cat. I don't know. They're on a four game win streak. They beat the Sixers, the Knicks, the Nets. It looks really good against the the Thunder. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Thunder's biggest issue is we don't have the size. I, I I would say, I I would say that we did, we did do some good things in the trade deadline, but us not needing another big big was kind of like. It was kind of same thing it, with the Heat. I mean, we have the same issue. We want to play small ball, and we keep getting bullied by these teams with, with better bigs. 
and the thing with the Timberwolves is they they've been struggling to close games as of late. They've been blowing leads, just not being able to put it all together to end the game and finish right, it. Right now, the top three teams in the West: the Thunder, the Cla- uh, the Clippers, and the, the Wolves, and the, and the Wolves, and the Nuggets in the same. Team. Oh yeah, yeah, and the Nuggets too. The Nuggets too. That's a, that's a four way. Isn't it like a four way tie right now? Uh, yeah, no, not the Wolves. I believe, are, I believe it's one. Game. The Wolves is one. They're the one, and then the th- two, three, four, and they're all same. Okay. a half a game back. Yeah. Gotcha. But yeah, I think the Mavs. They're obviously on a nice win streak. They can keep it going. They won't finish at the AC. They'll probably. I, I agree. I think, I, they'll, be, I think they'll be five I or six. I think they'll be middle of the pack team. Yeah, I think they'll be five or six. And So right now from one to four, separated by half a game. Mm-hmm. And then five to five to eight is separated by one game. I think the biggest part of one and those and like additions was that for the Mavericks, at least in my opinion, one thing that was holding them back in the playoffs is they can make it past the first round, but their lack of depth and ability to finish out a series is what hurt them in the playoffs. So adding these additions adds you, like you said, another big to help out when you play against Joker, when you play against Cat. Mm-hmm. They have way more cohesion than when they did when they added, I'm just going to another big trade deadline, when they added Kyrie, it's it's clicking way fast. You see them on that win streak and they had a really good game against the Thunder. So I think those additions will help them to the Western Conference Finals, I think is a ceiling. I, the West is just stacked right now. All the way to the finals is, it's kind of, it's kind of stretch. Big. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised though. Because you still, you still can't. You, you, you still can't bet against Joker. It's like you know how you say you can't bet against Mahomes. You can't bet against LeBron. Yeah, I agree with that. But at the same, on a similar note too, to me, what I feel like with the Mavericks, like I'm, a, I judge them similar to how, based off the results of those um, Rockets teams with James Harden. Like I feel like they have a very similar build in a sense that you have one guy who really has the ball the vast majority of the game you have a big who's going to come up and set the screen and other than that they're just going to let them iso and then you have another secondary guard who's going to pick up the slack on possessions where you know luke or, or slash james harden needs a little break and to be off the ball and you know you saw that where, where the rockets teams got they didn't touch the finals right. granted they did have those warriors teams in the way but I disagree though because the, those Rockets teams had James Harden at the helm. I think James, James Harden, Harden at that point was better than Luka is now. No, but look at the playoffs. They, Luka they, is a playoff they, riser. They James was Harden, they was honestly the they was honestly like the same caliber of player. But yeah, to his point, James Harden does drop does take a major a drastic drop in the playoffs, which is actually true. We've seen from as history has repeated mm-hmm. itself. But I would have to say Kyrie and Luka together is not what you call a thing that actually works it's a thing that it sparks so you know with every sparks the flare will eventually go out and in the playoffs i don't think that they will be able to hold that in a seven game series i'm gonna get like a notebook with all of country sayings and i'm gonna like read it off on the <laughs> final episode these are some gems right here man one more time say, say, say one more time with every spark the flame eventually come, goes out <laughs> so they're gonna have they're gonna have their spark like they had against okc they, uh-huh. you, you you haven't seen a marriage when they played a complete game like that every single game. Right. So you're going to have a spark from James. I said James. You're going to have a spark from Kyrie Irving. You're going to have a spark from Luka. Luka will always give you what you need. But can everybody else do the same? That's been a problem with the Mavericks all season. It's not really more so with with Luka. It's just been with everybody else. Kyrie comes to play when he wants to. So real quick to end out our NBA segment, um, what are some MVP candidates now that Joel Embiid is injured and pretty much taking himself out of the race? I got a top five. I'm not going to lie. Okay. At five, I got Jokic. At four, I got Kawhi. Three, I got JB. At two, I got Donovan Mitchell. At one, I got SGA. Why you have uh, Jokic so low? Um, fourth seed in the Western Conference. I mean, he could easily be 
top three, top two. Yeah. But I just think as of right now, relative to expectation, uh, we didn't expect the Clippers to be this high. We all we really didn't expect the Thunder to be this high. Mm-hmm. The I mean, the Cavs. I expected them to fall out of the playoff race when Mobley and Darius Garland went out with an injury. So uh, Donovan Mitchell should definitely be a top three MVP candidate. For me, I got Luka Doncic. He's first in the league in uh, players that are eligible for points per game. He's third in the league in assists per game. And he's top 20 in rebounding. And, you know, doing that from the point guard position is very impressive. I know that um, the Dallas Mavericks aren't in the best place in terms of standings right now, but there's a lot of basketball left to play, left to be played. And if they take a big climb the second half of the season after the All-Star break, I do think that it's going to be his award to lose. Yeah, they're going to give it to him. My MVP uh, number one right now is Shea. Number two is Luka. And number three is Joker. And and four I have Giannis as well. So those are those are my plagues for uh MVP. But and you also gotta throw LeBron in there every year. It doesn't matter. LeBron will always be an MVP. The Lakers are the ninth seed. Doesn't matter, it's LeBron. Just the way he's coming. <laughs> doesn't matter, it's LeBron. So you think the name carries enough weight? It carries to so much weight. LeBron is the greatest player I've ever seen. He's my favorite player, but he will never win another MVP. Watch. This, this might actually be facts, but <clears throat> if LeBron finds a way to make them the fifth seed, he's winning the MVP. LeBron is not going to win the MVP. <laughs> Hey, I didn't argue with your list. Don't argue with mine. <laughs> like, nah, that's just like, what? <laughs> so, I like some of these names being thrown around. I definitely like um, more team, more players out of the West, especially with Doncic and Kawhi. I think those are great picks. Um, out of the East, I think an underrated person for MVP in the race would be Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah. He, oh, yeah, absolutely. He, he's been pushing weight over there at, at the Knicks and running the point guard position through a tough Eastern Conference, especially in the, the t- being it, yeah, it being top heavy. Um, 27 almost 28 points per game um, his assists his field goal percentage I think it, it obviously gives him a bit of a bit of pull in the MVP race so my whole thing is like just just to piggyback like a couple of years ago how do y'all feel it though the Dallas Mavericks feel right now letting go of Jalen Brunson because if they had just paid him that extra 20 million dollars but there's no guarantee he that he wouldn't have blew in that system yeah but he showed you all glimpses the playoff. It, but it wasn't glimpses he showed you the full bag true he showed you what he had. He was the reason why they was they was mollywopping the uh the Phoenix Suns. That's why they went to the Western Conference Finals. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But you still can't. That's think a, that he was be a yeah. twenty-seven point per game score. And I think he's taking even leaps and bounds from what he was last season. Too. I, honestly, you scoring 25, 24 points in the NBA in this day and age is it's not as impressive as it used to be. I, what? I agree. Say that one more time. I said you scoring twenty-five plus. Is not as impressive as it used to be. But I mean, I completely agree. You can only play who's in front of you, and the pace of the game now is way faster than it was in the six. Which makes it less impressive. No, no, it does not. Because if it wasn't as, if it no, if it wasn't so, as impressive, no, everybody, so they, Mike, they, they, Mike, they, everybody would Mike, be doing they, it. They, they Mike, show, there's everybody no, would be doing it. A lot of people are doing it. Is a lot more doing, people are doing is everybody it. Everybody doing it. I mean, everybody Every, can. Everybody that's a starter, that is the that is the scorer, that is the scorer on the team. Average more than 25. Who's the score on the Grizzlies? John Morant, Desmond Bain. Right now. Uh, Gigi Jackson. How many points? Or, excuse me. Oh, that's wrong, too. Jaron Jackson. How many points is Jaron averaging? Jaron Jackson, in these last 10 games, been getting about 28, 29 points a game. How much is he averaging for the season? Uh, or with John Morant out of the lineup? John Morant's been out of the lineup majority of the time. He's averaging about 23 points a game. They showed a stat, right? Yeah. In 2000 and, I believe, 2007. There was only five play. No, there was only ten players that averaged twenty points that season, and it was only four that averaged over twenty-five. In the NBA now, it's over. I believe like sixty players that average twenty points per game. 
that's no, probably NBA, a I think the NBA is better talent wise than it was in the. No, it's 90s. faster. It's faster. It's more offensive. It's more. Okay, look, you see a lot of games from that era. They end like eighty-five to ninety-three. This is mm-hmm. true. Like these days, you're seeing teams score in the one thirties, one forties. They're just more talented. And they're, what that? What era was that? The nineties. They're, they're playing faster. They're I'm getting. About the they're shooting a whole about, lot more free throws. You said the one. I'm talking about. I just didn't. You could you could talk about the just two thousands, nineties. You're shooting a whole lot more free throws. Um, like I said, free throws, foul calls are up. You can't play much defense without getting fouled. So I mean, but you can still play elite defense. Look at guys like Jonathan Isaac, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Bam Adebayo. Th- those guys King pick up. What, what King, else happens with those guys though? They pick up a lot of fouls. No, Jaron Jackson, the best defender in the he's league. He's not the best defender. He's no. He's First the best. Lot, he's not the best, best rim protector in my opinion. He's not. Rudy Gobert's it. Rudy Gobert. Jaron Jackson is the best rim protector in my opinion. That's biased. And he he's constantly in foul That's trouble. Bi- no, he just doesn't know how to play defense. He just jumps for everything. Tries okay. To get a block. Well, defensive player it, of the you've year. You seen it in Team USA. You seen defensive it. player of the year. Okay. All right. But he doesn't know how to play defense. No, he doesn't. That makes a lot of sense. You can win Defensive Player of the Year in the top basketball league in the world, and you don't know. Kawhi Leonard won Defensive Player of the Year, and he had more steals than fouls. You can play good defense in the NBA. He's just not that good at it. What? That doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. What's your point? I'm just saying. You said he had more steals than fouls. No, yeah, Kawhi Leonard got more steals than fouls. So does Jaron Jackson know how to play defense or not? He doesn't. Okay. So Russell Westbrook had more turnovers than he had fouls. Russ Russ is just like a sporadic player. He's just a turnover prone. So he's not good at basketball. I didn't say that. Honestly, guys laying over here. That's what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I thought that's the analogy that you was going. Yeah, I don't don't understand. But if you watch Jaron Jackson play basketball, he's not that good at defense. I watch Jaron Jackson play basketball quite a quite I, a lot. I know you do. That's and why you're that's why you're the only one saying that Jaron Jackson's a good defender. I mean, I agree with him. Jerry Jackson is a good, good defender. You're a Cowboys fan. You think uh, a lot of like, like where, where is this going? That doesn't have. <sighs> okay. Okay, we're gonna Mike. stay on the court here, but we're gonna switch to college men's basketball. Now there were some quite a bit of upsets going on this past week and this weekend. All right, so I'm I'm, I'm gonna start with the uh, Gonzaga and Kentucky game. I think that was a okay. Go ahead. What? Go ahead. I didn't think that was that much. I mean, I guess it was. It was because I mean, now Kentucky dropped three straight. They have dropped three straight at home. They have dropped three at home for the first time ever at Rupp Arena. Exactly. Not only that, but they got out physical by Gonzaga. I mean, it was just it was more of a bully game because they didn't have physical play from their bigs. But Kentucky hasn't been good defensively all year. No, they haven't, year. and they shouldn't. Like you remember, we talked about my it. biggest thing when everybody I, scores more than seventy five against Kentucky. My biggest thing when watching that Kentucky game was. Rob Dillingham being on the bench the entire time down the stretch. I was all I just kept looking. They went down three points. I'm like, okay, surely Coach Coach K will put him back in for not excuse me, not Coach K. Coach Cal, surely he'll put him back in for the off for this offensive possession coming up. Nope. He'd just be sitting there like practically sitting on his hands, itching to get back in. Yeah, Rob sat the last three, four minutes of the game and only finished that game with six points after he had a couple offensive explosions. I don't know. I think I think for them to be successful, he needs to they need to let him be him and let him score. The one saving grace Kentucky had in that game was that they were able to find the three-point shot, which wasn't available the past two games at home. But other than that, I mean every statistical category you looking at Gonzaga just it was a bully. It was a bully game. They beat him yeah. in field goal percentage, they beat him in uh free throws, rebounds. Rebounds especially, I don't know why it's been an issue for Kentucky this season. Yeah. They don't have that dominant big like they used yeah. to. But remember what we said earlier, uh, earlier in the season. We said the SEC is going to 
going to come down to who can win on the road. Mm-hmm. And if you had, if you looked at it over the weekend, a lot of the schools did lose because why? <laughs> they was on the road. That is that that it helps a lot in it, SEC play it, being on the road. I don't. I, but, but go ahead. My the good thing for Kentucky is I will say this: the SEC tournament, every game is a home game for Kentucky. Those Kentucky fans, they make their way down to Nashville and they make sure that every game in Bridgestone Arena feels like Rupp Arena. So that won't affect them as much, but you know, they still did, they have still lost three at home, so it's not like they're invincible at home either. But, but Tennessee losing to Texas A&M at home, Emmy on the road, showed you how, how it's starting to get tough in the SEC, especially coming down the stretch. Florida Florida beating Auburn too yep. as well. Who we Florida already, put a thumping on Auburn. We, and we thought, I think Florida, Florida stinks this year too. <laughs> yeah, and I, and Florida stinks. Honestly, they've been making, honestly they've been making Auburn has, has the, the uh, Naismith player of the year mm-hmm. in my eyes. And mm. Jani Broom? Yes. Interesting. But we're, we're going we're to get to that. We, yeah, we need it. Yeah. Um, to me, the biggest upset of the week was Clemson going on the road and beating UNC. I did not see that happening. Um, but at the same time, Clemson's unranked right now. But at the beginning of the season, I think they were even as high they, as they like, 13. Yeah, as high as 13. They, they were playing good basketball earlier in the year. So Clemson's obviously a very capable team. They are only 6-6 six and six in the ACC, however. So, I mean, that's a big road win. UNC fell to 7 in the national rankings this week. They'll be fine. Like I think so. Like They'll obviously make the tournament. Probably will still win the ACC regular season. But that's just still a huge, huge home loss, especially after they had just beaten Duke. I want to go back to that um, Tennessee-Texas uh, A&M game. I saw, I read an interview. Um, it was, I think it was like their student newspaper. They were talking about, you know, Coach Barnes talking about the game. He's not concerned, and I don't think people should be either. No. Because as much as, like you said, teams lose um, at home for whatever reason in the SEC, Tennessee has played decently consistent throughout the season. And not only that, their problems during the game, a lot of it had to come down with just one-on-one issues because it seemed like Texas A&M couldn't miss at certain points. Their shooting was almost lights out that game. So I'm not too concerned for Tennessee right now as far as other SEC teams go. Um, but Country, you had you had an interesting point about the Naismith Player of the Year. So um, overall, who you guys who you guys thinking uh, for Player of the Year? I already said my pick. Oh, you want to explain it? Elaborate. Nah, go ahead. Say y'all. I don't want to hear. This. Oh, <laughs> to me, I don't think it's too crazy of a pick. It's actually probably you know who's going to win. I got Zach Eady winning. I think he won last year too, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's third in the country in scoring, third in rebounds. He's literally Purdue's whole team, and they're sitting at second in the country. So yeah, I got Zach Eady. But what I would say is, I I'm honestly just tired of the disrespect that they keep giving Landon Dickerson. Like he's not even Hunter Dickinson. Right. Hunter Dickinson, my bad. <laughs> I was gonna say Landon. Yeah, Hunter Dickinson. Hunter Dickinson, because it's like he's not even in the he's not even a finalist. He's not one of the top five. I think what, office I think what takes away from Hunter Dickinson is how much talent that Kansas team has. Mm-hmm. No, he, like he, 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 on any given night, Hunter Dickinson might be their third or fourth best player. He but he's he doesn't have a double double. He is season. he's averaging 18, 11, and five. That's that's yeah. That's but you got guys like uh, Dewan Harris, um, they, Kevin McCullough. They are yeah. They have they have those guys in there playing basketball, and it's just like your Naismith Player of the Year. He's you want that to be someone who is dominating every single game, and right. like like Zach Eady does like. If Zach Eady has a bad game, Purdue loses by 50 every game. For his position, for every major statistical category, he is top three in the nation. Yeah. And he's not even in the running for a Naismith for the Who? Zach Eady? No, I'm talking about uh, Hunter. No, no I'm, we're, I'm talking about Zach Eady. Oh, you talking about Zach? Yeah. Trim? Yeah, Zach Eady's going to win the award, but uh, it's a couple guys that's in the running for it. Don't connect. 
Don Connect, RJ Davis, uh, LJ Cryer from Houston, also okay. Jamash uh, Shed from Houston. Um, like we just said, Kevin McCullough. So like they're all they're having fantastic seasons, but it's gonna be Zach Eady's award to lose. I, I agree. I'm gonna go with the popular candidate here, uh, Zach Eady. I mean, he's 23.3 points per game. They're in the nation for that. 11.7 rebounds per game. They're in the nation for that. Like you said, he's the heart and soul of that Purdue team, and right now he's making them competitive in the, the Big Ten tournament. Um, we're gonna go quick picks for the upcoming conferences. Who was the last? Who was the last player in college basketball to win back-to-back nationals? Has that ever even happened? I would assume probably somewhere in like the 90s when guys were staying around a little longer. All four-year players. I'm not sure. We have to come back to that because we got to oh. move on. So last but not least, we are going to keep the home team. So with there only being eight games left for both the men's and the women's team this season, how do you see their progressions from the beginning of the season to now translating into a SWAC tournament play? Well, the men's, we haven't seen no progression. We just seen the same team, different week, different day. It just, if it works, it works. If it don't, it don't. And, mo and all year it hasn't really been working and they haven't changed much. But the women's, we're starting to see that they they're starting to close out, mm -hmm. find their identity. I agree. Which is the problem they had mid-season, they couldn't yeah, close. But it, 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 it comes to the testament of you seeing that that's because how late Coach Coach Gordon came into the field. But when it comes to the women's, you see that, okay, they starting to get things together at the right time. They're in these, they're, they are in a lot of these games, but they just still having that problem closing. Once they can get over that hump of closing, we're, we're gonna be talking about a different women's team. And going into the postseason? Going into the postseason, or, okay. going into the postseason and leading up into next season. Yeah, I'm really just a box score watcher, but in my opinion, in my opinion, when I look at the box score as it's happening live, I always look and I'm like, okay, you know, the guys look like they can't, they coming out with some some juice today, like they they competing today, and then I get that final score notification, <laughs> and I'm like, what like what happened, what transpired? That heartbreaker with Texas and, Southern, and man. it makes me interested for a second, but not too interested enough to, you know, what I'm saying, um, go watch the next one. And then with the girls, I've seen a little bit of them play, and I do think that there is going to be some big improvements, like not only just going forward this season but also in the season to come. I feel like the program is headed in the right direction with our coach. Obviously, still a lot to work on, but how many teams make it to the uh, SWAC? Eight teams? Are we going to be in the top eight? As of today, if the season ended, the women's would be in the SWAC. Yeah, cool. I think, well, as long as we don't play Jackson State, I feel like we might could win a game or two in the tournament. Like, I like because personally, I don't see any of these teams, and I'm just like, oh, man, we really can't beat them. So right now we can go as far as fourth <coughs> with a win. Cool. You feel me? Let's get a win. Sure. So sticking on the basketball thing, because we'll probably touch on a little bit of the other spring sports in a little bit, but sticking on basketball, like I just said, if the season ends today, the women's would be in the SWAC tournament. We played Prairie View tonight. Coming, Prairie View is coming off of two back-to-back -back losses, one to uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff and one to BCU. Both games, uh, both games Prairie View, was, they did look like the worst, the the lesser team in that matchup against those teams. But when FAMU went against Prairie View, we seen, I think it was a double overtime against uh, Pine Bluff, uh, BCU. I don't think it went to overtime. I think it ended in regulation, but it was still a tight uh, contest. As of lately, Ariana has been playing some of the best basketball yeah, in her career. I, she's taking leaps and bounds. She's averaging 20 points, uh, three rebounds, three assists over the season. But over her last four games, she's averaging, over her last four games, she hasn't even scored under 25 points. And over the last four, it's a totality. She's averaging a totality of 29 points per game. So I think the women are heating up at the right time. They're turning in the right yeah. direction. I think they a big win tonight would you know help them a long way for the SWAC standings and for the SWAC playoffs, SWAC tournament, should I say. And on the men's side of things, they had a great, they played a great game against Jackson State. Knocked off, I think they were the top team in the SWAC, I believe. They were in the top three yeah. at least. 
they they dropped they knocked off Jackson State. Uh, Chase Young, I mean not Chase Young, Chase Adams had a 35 point game. They basically shut everybody else down in that game. But Chase, you know, Chase gonna be Chase. Jalen Spear continues to be our most consistent player on the men's side of things since he joined the team. Only consistent player. But you know, but that's that's Keith Lamar was coming off injury and he hasn't since coming back. He hasn't he hasn't been as consistent as he was prior to the injury because I think prior to the injury he was our best player on the team. But he had a great game against Jackson State. He did. But since Jalen Spear has you know started playing and took over that PG one role, that hurt KJ Parker's development. And we know KJ Parker, freshman, one impact player. I think his first or second week with the team. So yeah, I had high hopes for him as the season went on. But since James Spear has been playing, he hasn't been putting up those numbers he had been putting up in the non-conference play and early swag play. I think going into the postseason, it really is going to be a more focus on the women's team. Obviously, but yeah, the, the men's aren't. Yeah, yeah we're, not, I, we're not. There's no. No, post, I know yeah. that, but I'm, I'm just saying, like, um, I think the women have made a lot of improvement from where they were in the beginning of the season. Even if they haven't had all the wins to make up for it in the column, they have looked like a better team out there. Um, I know against Texas Southern, that was probably their best game they've played all season. So I'm excited to see what they can do, uh, especially tonight, and see if they can solidify them, themselves also, in the sweat. Also, Ariana leads the team in every statistical category but rebounding. Hooper. Insane. <laughs> and for the men, I mean, it's... Like you said, just I, at this point, it may be just a pride thing. Just finish out the season as best as you can and get back to the drawing board. And Jalen Spears has obviously been developing this far as the season. He's playing consistent. Um, so that'll be something to look forward to next year, but it just hasn't been the year for the men's team. Yeah, if I'm 80 Sykes, uh, well, yeah, if I was here, I would have been started looking for a head coach as soon as yeah. I got here. I'm uh, available. I'll do it, too. Yeah, I got some candidates in mind. Nobody wants to see I that. I can't wait till that day comes. <laughs> when, you know, I'm telling you, we're going 30-0 you know, if I'm the head coach when, next season. When we get that statement that says, yep, the uh, – we are no longer, you know, re-upping with Coach McCullum. I'm gonna have a lot of candidates in mind for that job for this job. So, yeah, am I one? Uh, possibly. Shoot, you better than him right now. Yeah, we getting you up out of there, Mike. That's that's a little crazy. Anyways, <laughs> we want to look at the other uh, other uh, sports that got going on for FAMU right now. Um, I have a whole kind of spiel if, if anybody wants. Let's to go do first. it. Go ahead, uh, give it to. Well, let me let me start. I just oh. want to talk about uh, baseball. Okay. You know, we won the SWAC championship last year. Yeah. We're projected to win. We're projected to finish in third in the SWAC East behind Alabama State and Bethune-Cookman, who we beat last year in the SWAC championship. Mm-hmm. Players that we lost from that championship roster, uh, Ty Hanchi, left fielder. He was one of our most consistent players last season. He currently plays for the San Francisco Giants minor league team, so that's a that's a major loss for us. We also lost uh, SWAC championship MVP, Zach Mora. He will also not be with the team. Last year was his last year uh, playing college baseball. But... Game news, first game of the season against Eastern Illinois, I believe, is this Friday, February 16th. Yep. So if y'all want to tune into the baseball team, a championship winning program, you know. We have multiple championship winning programs multiple on campus. Exactly. We also got to give a shout out to the track team. I was just, yeah, I was I was just say, about to track, uh, they got start that. Yeah. Indoor. They have the indoor swag championship coming this uh, this weekend, Sunday, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and on that note, uh, got a shout block- out to my brother, Junior Victor. He doing his thing. He on the hurling team. Okay. Gotta give him some love. So on that note, uh, Naya Blocker and Joseph DeRozier both set new school records in the in the women's 200-meter dash with a time of 23.63 seconds and the men's 60-meter hurdle record with a time of 7.79 seconds. Uh, DeRozier was also um, fresh off winning the men's co-indoor track athlete of the week. So track team looking to bring home some hardware maybe yes sir um softball they're looking to bounce back i know they had um a rough few series against texas tech and florida state um i know that they're on the road here soon so hopefully they can find their footing uh, uh, as well as family tennis um they both 
of those teams are going to be on the road until March. So um, we have multiple sports here at FAMU, just for anybody wondering. Yes, and we have people that have success um, across campus, and we're wishing them the best of luck. And you know, we're going to look forward to see if we have a swim team so we can get a swim team. Oh, that would be great. Too. I, I, we're going to do that research. <laughs> I want to. Uh, I think we should get a soccer team. We got a. Uh, we got a club. Yeah, we got a club. Got a club. No, I want like a team. Nah, that's that's something that's gonna have to be up with the university. But right now we just got a club. We just got a soccer club. Well, why would we get a swim team before we get a soccer team? Because that if we have a soccer team, that means other swag teams are gonna have a yeah. soccer yeah. team. Oh uh, wait, there's other swag teams with swimming. I don't know. So then, like, okay, because because swimming is like track. It's it's a is it's a how, how can you say it? you it's, don't need to. It's not you conferences. Don't yeah, you don't conference. need to. Yeah, we don't but, need it. Okay. No, no, no soccer. You do need conference. It's like basketball. We, football, we could just play in a different conference. We can't. Do we that. can't do that. Why not? Then we basketball football have to move. Yeah. Notre Dame plays in Notre Dame. Notre Dame is, is independent across the board. <laughs> yeah, independent. No, they they're not independent across the board. They're ACC across the board. They're independent when it comes to football. Doesn't NCAT do something like that? They play in one conference no, for everything else they, except they, for baseball. No, they don't have a baseball team. Yes, they do. They have a club. They have no, a they have a baseball club. team. I promise you. They play and they play in a white conference. Well, that's because the MEAC actually is. I don't know. Honestly, I, I can't really, uh, you know what? I can't disagree with that. So that is it for our episode. We are going to get into our favorite part of the show, the shout outs. I just want to thank God um, for everything he's done for me, putting me in this position. School of Journalism. I also want to thank the OGs who aren't in the studio right now, but kind of put the uh, responsibilities and, and trust for us to run the podcast while they're away. Absolutely. Big shout out to my Lord and Savior. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do this. Obviously, big shout out to the guys that aren't here right now. Tristan, Ahmad, uh, Jeff, DeAnt, Brian, who's no longer with us. Oh, man. Well, he Brian. is with us, but... I was going to say, that man is all crazy. Uh, Malik, <laughs> saying it like that is Malik graduated. So, yeah, shout out to the guys, the big dogs. Jeff's not a big dog, though, but the other guys are big dogs. Oh, boy. Shay. Jeff. Jeff Stray. Oh, it's my turn. Uh, shout out my Lord and Savior. Shout out my family, mom, dad, sister. Hello, everybody. How are y'all? Um, also like to give a big shout out to LeBron um, for being as great as he is. Man, give a shout out to everybody that's in this room. And we got to give a special shout out to my good man, Austin. He is officially a member of the powerhouse chapter of Collegiate 100. Thank you. Congratulations. He, he, Thank he, shout out. He, what you, what you say? he crossed over the weekend Friday. I was believe. inducted. He was inducted over the weekend on Friday. And you know, us in the us in the studio, we doing big things. You got the fresh man on campus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mr. Jalen Scott. You got Michael Trim. We call him the Mahomes sexual. Slim Trim. <laughs> Slim Trim. The Mahomes sexual. <laughs> and you got me as well. Just the first year guy on campus. You know, they they giving us they opening doors for us and we just keep continuing to enter each room and we just want to thank everybody just keep giving us this opportunity absolutely yes sir tighten up everyone hey y'all be easy we out we out